Welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today we have Ryan Bader on the show. I, he doesn't need any introduction whatsoever. I could just say, let's talk to Ryan right now. But I want to try. I want to I I I challenge myself to list his accolades. So Ryan Bader um, was the Tough 8 champion. If I'm correct on all this, make sure I'm correct. Don't flame me if I'm not. He was the Tough 8 champion. He is the current heavyweight Bellator champion. He was he was the light heavyweight champion. He's the uh, world Bellator Grand Prix heavyweight champion was, um, and he is also the only the, either the only man or the first man to simultaneously hold two belts and two weight classes in Bellator history. Um, and that's not counting the accolades of the people that he's beaten, including Fedor and, and, and just, uh, just a who's who. I'm, I'm not even going to list all the people that he's beaten. I think I've done pretty well for myself so far just doing this. But, uh, yeah, so finally, I can't believe I haven't had him on the show before. Uh, I love the guy. I haven't talked to him a lot, but I, I love the guy. I love watching him fight. He's a super nice guy. Uh, Ryan Bader. So, Ryan, welcome to the show. I appreciate it, brother. How you doing? Good, man. Man, I can't believe I've never had you on the show before, but I'm happy to have you on now, finally. Oh, yeah. It's been a long time. I remember, you know, going to AKA a little bit back yeah. in the day, you know, friends with Kane and all those yeah. guys. And so it's good to see you again. Yeah. I was gonna, so you were at ASU. Uh, was, it the, was it the same time with Kane? Have I seen a photo with you and Kane together there? Oh, yeah. So Kane um, came over from a JC. You know, I came from Reno. Um, so I registered. I was there five years. Okay. Um, and Kane came over. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I was a 97 pounder. He was a heavyweight, um, CB Dalloway, you know, was the weight class underneath us. We had yeah. Aaron Simpson as our assistant coach. A lot of guys came from that, but yeah, you know, Kane and, uh, I were both upper weights at ASU and we had a good little roster and a lot of guys that went on to the UFC and MMA in particular. And, and, uh, you know, I don't know why it's just one of those things where I knew Kane, no, Kane was going to go in. He knew he was going in right away. Yeah. You know, and all of us were kind of like, yeah, we'll see what happens, you yeah. know. And, and Kane, <laughs> I think he took a fight yeah. before he even started training, you know, right after uh, Nationals for wrestling. So we kind of watched each other kind of go into this sport and be successful. And we're like, hey, maybe I can do it too. And it kind of trickled down. So was Kane like super quiet and like uh, to himself a lot at ASU? Or was he like? Uh, a little bit of both, you know, until. I mean, we both know Kane. Yeah. Know, he's a goofy guy, funny guy. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It's two, part, two sides. You know, like, yeah, his exterior, you know, tough guy, quiet. Um, but then, you know, when you get to know him and he opens up, you know, he's a really yeah, funny yeah. dude. Yeah. You know, fun-loving guy. And, and uh, um, he definitely was that quiet at the beginning. Yeah. But then, you know, as he's comfortable, he opened up. And, and I think he opened up more and more as he had to do all like the media obligations for MMA and all that kind of stuff and kind of grew into himself really. Yeah, it's crazy when he came to AKA. So we, we always had like guys coming into AKA. So we had guys yeah. that came in for like, you know, a week, two weeks, a month. Then we had guys that came in to like pursue a career and, and, and you know, they'd come in from Japan, Europe, wherever. Um, and he came into AK for Mexico. Well, I thought for Mexico cause I didn't know who he was. He just came in, yeah. you know, we're training. We don't pay attention the guys coming in all the time. Yeah. He was working with Javier Brown pride tattooed across his chest yeah. and he never talked like never talked. Yeah. 
and I never talked to him because he never talked in the meetings, nothing like that. I think a month went by before I heard his voice. And so I just really? thought he was a fighter from Mexico that came in, was working with Javier every day because, you know, he was working on striking and stuff like that. Yeah. And then finally, you know, he started talking, we started talking and, and, and then eventually, you know, it got into the cane that you and I both know where, you know, he's more funny and, and, and great personality and just a total different person. But I remember that first month, man, I was like, does this guy speak English? Does, does he not speak English? Because, I mean, I wouldn't have said that if he didn't have brown pride. He was Mexican, you know, obviously. So exactly, I yeah. just didn't know. And, and then, uh, but he looked good and, 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 you know, we knew he was there to stay. Um, and, and we were just so focused on our careers and training all the time that, like, we didn't, you know, it wasn't oh, yeah. like we were looking at everybody in the gym and seeing who they were and how long they were going to be there. People came in and left all the time. So we didn't know if he was going to be there for a week or a month or what the case. But that's funny, man. You know, Anthony Robles, he was at ASU when he was a Sun Devil. When, what, what time frame was he there compared to you? Yeah, so he was, he was right after me. Um, you know, so he came in and, you know, he, he has one leg. Yeah. And he, he was on my podcast. Know, he, we had him on my podcast. Yeah. yeah and he is the, uh, so you guys know him, you know, and it's, he is one of the strongest physically yep. human beings and mentally, you know, and he was going up. We had this squat peak. It's a, a big mountain we'd have to run. Um, usually coaches had us go on, you know, Saturday morning. So we weren't out partying or anything like yeah, that, yeah. but he would go up there, you know, in crutches and everything. And, and, you know, beat some of the wrestlers and he just had that mindset and he's <laughs> a good, he's just a good human in general. Super inspirational guy, man. I love guys oh, yeah. like that, man. And, 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 and they just go for it and he's done so well. Um, but you, so you have some, uh, you have a submission underground 19, I believe it is, uh, coming up against Derek Lewis. How is that going? How's training going for that? Is, what is that like f five days from now or something? Yeah. So we're, that's not happening. You it's know, not happening. We were in, it's not happening. We were in and we wanted to, um, we wanted to grapple Derek Lewis, you know, because I got asked by, uh, but Chell, hey, do you want to, you want to grapple? It's Derek Lewis. And I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, um, kind of got word back that, you know, UFC didn't want that happening. So did this just break or did I, did, am I just super late on it? No, I don't think they said anything. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, that's about why. Canceled or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. No, we were 100% in. Yeah. You know, and uh, we thought it would just be, it would be, you know, good time. We get to go against, you know, Derek and all that kind of stuff. But um, whatever happened, I think because it's on UFC Fight Pass, I think they put a squash to it. Well, it was great having you on the show, and uh, I'll talk. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you next time. You got something coming up? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. So, uh, but but were you training for that fight? Like, did you have any preparation whatsoever, or was it already like? I was doing a lot of jujitsu anyway. You know, you know, how you kind of just. Uh, you know, sometimes I focus on something and what whatnot. So uh, I was actually doing a lot of gi anyway. I was maybe going to do you know a tournament or whatever, and then uh, um, we got offered that, and so we kind of were focusing on that for a couple weeks, and then you know word came down that it wasn't happening. Yeah. You know, and I was like, hey, let me know if it's you know if we do a little workaround or yeah. if he changes their mind. But um, I think they kind of just squashed that. You know, I I get it. He's you know. I'm a heavyweight in Bellator. He's a heavyweight in UFC. You know, if you go out there and, and beat him up in jiu-jitsu or whatnot, it could look bad. But, yeah. I mean, I was looking forward to that. So, yeah. um, you know, for, for me, it's one of those things where a fight's around the corner anyway. And so, I'll be ready to rock into February anyway. So, I got that coming up. I was going to ask you. I mean, I can ask you real 
real quick one question about it, even though you're not fighting him. What was the difference in uh, mentally and physically preparing for a submission match? I mean, obviously you're a wrestler for years. That's not much different. And then yeah. MMA now for, for however long you've been doing that. How, how was it just, was it more of like kind of like an easy kind of break to do something a little bit different that seems to me, in my opinion, a little bit lighter than MMA? Uh, yeah, or, or what was for it? sure, yeah. You know, and in, in, uh, in just like wrestling my whole life and all that, it, it kind of – it's for me, I get, you know, amped up and you get nerves and all that for any competition. I've always been like that. Right, of course. Wrestling the worst wrestler in the country. Right. Um, and for me, it was something exciting where I can get those competitive juices going. I could buckle down and go through a training camp. Um, you know, but at the end of the tunnel, it's a five minute submission grappling match, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, you could get hurt, you could get whatever, but it's not like a MMA fight you yeah. know, that you're walking into. So, um, it was a good, it was a good little, uh, uh, different mental space. You know, I was yeah. got to go into for a while, you know, it'd be right before Christmas. I'd have a little, you know, good little camp with that it'd be in good shape for, uh, actual fight camp. So, yeah. um, definitely a good little break, but, um, unfortunately it didn't happen. Yeah. And especially not your camps. I mean, your camps are championship camps. So that's a big difference. How, how's the COVID situation in Arizona right now? I mean, America's freaking crazy, bro. I'm in Thailand. We have no COVID. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're like, we're suffering. Like my business is suffering and we have no, like my business is hundred percent tourist. Uh, and yeah. so the borders have been locked for nine months. So I've been nine months without any real revenue and holding this gigantic gym on my shoulders. So that sucks. But the good side is, yeah. is there's no coronavirus. So they did end the coronavirus in Thailand pretty much. There's a couple in the hospital or whatever. Um, so it's like we get to live kind of a normal life and not get that whole like what you guys are dealing with. How is it in Arizona? And then how is it training right now through all that? Yeah, you never know. You know, they say it's real bad in Arizona. Um, and I never know what to believe anymore. Um, but, you know, I've known a lot of people you know, healthy people that have had it. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for them, it's, it's, uh, you know, a couple of days you're sick and, and they're getting over it. But, um, for us, we have, you know, I have a building that kind of just like the pros come, we train at. Um, so when it was bad and for me, it wasn't as much about getting it. It was about getting it and being at the fight and not being able to fight. Right. You know? And so, so when I had my last fight, you know, we were tested a bunch, you know, the week of like four different times yeah. and my whole thing was like, all right, I had to run like a skeleton crew, you know, to make sure we were safe, make sure we got to the fight, make sure my quarterman didn't have it. We didn't have it so we could fight. Yeah. Um, you know, and I usually bring guys in, I'll bring guys in from Brazil or whatever. And so that was shut down. Um, so it was one of those things. It was definitely different, yeah. you know, and now when we kind of, we, we limit the guys, you know, yeah, you gotta currently, do it. But, you know, we still get our training in, you know, we're safe about it. We haven't had anybody have it at the gym, you know, and if, uh, you know, if you hear about, hey, you know, I had contact with this person, we just make them get a test and then come back when they have a negative test. So it hasn't affected us too much, um, but definitely, you know, three, four months ago, it was a different story for sure. 
Yeah, and then being that you fought and, and and competed, I guess, in everything, wrestling. I'm sure you've done that in small, tiny venues all the way to the to the big yeah. stuff. Um, and then competition and MMA and all that as well. H- how did that affect you in that last fight as far as, like, the preparation and before the fight? And then maybe, I guess, during the fight a little bit, um, having no audience and then going through all that, just that all that extra. Because I know just the media stuff alone, especially for someone like you, I never got to your level. So, like, being a champion, it's got to be taxing. And, and I see these guys going through all these interviews and media stuff and then having the corona on top of that the coronavirus and the the pandemic and the quarantines was it was it tough like for you to go through that yeah last fight well last fight was just a weird it was it was tough on like different you know i had an injury kind of tore my knee and yeah it was in may and it tore my mcl almost completely and uh got it back and i'm like all right i need to fight you know and i don't know what was crazy is like i don't know you know, what happens in the future? What happens if they're like, Hey, we need to take a year off, two years off yeah, to get to exactly. control because we had all these fighters test positive. So I was nursing my knee. I'm like, all right. And I thought I was fighting a uh, heavyweight, yeah. uh, fighting Congo. And then, uh, I was like, Hey guys, we got to know, like it's about four weeks, three weeks out. And finally they said, we're going down to two Oh five. And so I had to switch that, you know, all right, different mentality. Now we're losing weight. Um, and then the Corona on top of that, you know, it, it was definitely, definitely different. You know, it is what it is. You accept a fight, you go in and you fight and accept the outcome. Um, and the, it was, I thought I would kind of enjoy yeah. no fans. It'd just be kind of something different, but it definitely, it definitely was different, different for sure. Yeah. It felt like you were walking into sparring and I guess, you know, that nervousness of the fans and getting hyped up puts that little extra gear in you. Um, and so I, Definitely looking back, walking out, touching gloves, and it was kind of like, all right, here we go. You know, it's Friday sparring session. Um, so that was definitely different, you know, and, and I would approach that in a different way next time. You know, I would I would come in with that, you know, that fire and aggression right away, just like I was fighting in front of 20,000 people, you know. So it's definitely a different experience for sure. Yeah, and being that you were the tough eight, right, tough eight champ? Yeah, tough eight. Um, And, you know, that's my only experience fighting with no audience. So I can kind of relate to that aspect. But that was also before I got in the UFC and started fighting in front of 20,000 people that was like roaring and and, and then getting it taken away later on. So it wasn't as big of a deal. I was fighting in rodeo arenas and shit like that before that. Yeah. Um, is it comparable to that? Like the, as far as the fight, I know obviously the coronavirus and the pandemic, I'm sorry, the, the testing and the pandemic and the quarantine, all that stuff, that was a pain in the ass. But when you actually got in there, was it kind of like tough, like in the way of just that it was weird, yeah, man, was, for me getting in there fighting like that in that, in that garage yeah. and, and like, it was weird, it, man. You know, fighter, you kind of had your team there a little bit, kind of cheering, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Cause you could hear, I mean, when I say there was nobody there, I mean, there was barely even Bellator crew. Yeah. There was just like a minimum, you know, so you can hear everything and everything is so quiet yeah. and you can hear your coaches and all that, but it was just, just a different, different experience, especially for the first time. And, and it definitely was like, you know, the ultimate fighter. Um, but like you said, we were in different points of our careers then too. And I was the same. You're ready. You like that big crowd ring in Mexico with, with Kane and all that. And, fights like that so i didn't yeah. care i was like man i'm a <laughs> fighter here we go um but yeah definitely different at this, this stage in your career for sure but you know now that you know you know what it is what it's like um i'm sure it's gonna keep like this for another year Probably, or so yeah, so i think so just gotta work around it so being that you're 30 you're 37 right 
Um, being yeah. that you're 37 and you've been wrestling for so long and then fighting for so long, are you just tired of cutting weight? Like, is it? Do you either have it down to where it's like nothing now, or is it just you're just like tired as shit of cutting weight <laughs> by this point? No, well, I, I haven't cut weight. Last fight was my first time I cut weight in like three years. I've been fighting heavyweight. Right, right, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I was 215, cutting down to 197 every single weekend in wrestling. And that 215 was lean, you know. And and so, you know, 205 and making it, you know, maybe two, three times a year wasn't bad when I got into MMA. Um, but then I had a taste of heavyweight. Yeah. And fight week, you just show up. Relax. You know, I'm healthy, <laughs> but you're relaxed. You don't have that, like, kind of weights like an extra fight. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. Focusing on that, then all of a sudden you have to fight the next day. So heavyweight was nice. But um, if I have enough time, it's not too bad for me, you know. Um, and I kind of, I don't enjoy it, but I enjoy that process of being very strict through training camp, you know, and then and making the weight. So um, we'll see what happens this next fight. There's a couple different things we potentially could be doing. And so might be cutting the weight again, might not. So, yeah, let me ask you, or let me uh, get your opinion on this. I had a little trick when I was cutting weight. So, middleweight, I was like you. I didn't cut much weight. It was comfortable, like maybe a few pounds. It more came to me to, like, not eat a lot the night before and, like, kind of like, you know, that whole whole thing. And then I cut, like, a pound or something the next day. Um, But what I would do when I turned welterweight, I would start – I would take a bag of ice, like a a Ziploc bag of ice. Because what killed me the most was breathing the hot air. And my yeah. head, like the, the, the body, I didn't care. So I would take a bag of ice. And for you guys listening, this really helps when you cut weight. At least it did for me. I would take a bag of ice and I would just shove my face into the bag of ice. And I would just breathe the air. It was like air conditioning. It was like air conditioned air. And I would like chew on the ice and I'd spit it out and I like chew on it. And like, yeah. is, that, is that a good idea? Is that you think that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good way of doing oh, yeah. it? Because it works Especially for me. Like if, you're in the, if you're in the sauna and stuff. Like, and you're trying to, you know, you're already depleted and you're breathing that hot air. It sucks. Um, when we were, so I, I'm, I showed up probably around 2.30. I had to get down to 2.05. Jeez. And, uh, but they had, and I'll wear like a little sauna suit. And then um, they had this, we all, each had our little personal, like little uh, saunas with our heads out. Yeah. Which was kind of nice because, you know, it was cold in the arena so we can breathe there. But that's nice. But yeah, yeah I saw those. any little trick. Any little trick that you can do yeah. where you're not freaking out. Because all it is, I mean, yeah, it's physical. But those last pounds, yeah. they're mental. You know, yeah. it's like, all right, you either get out of there and cut three more pounds in the morning. Or you can get a couple more pounds off if you just stay in 10 more minutes, you know. Yeah. And so it's a big, I mean, it's a big mental thing. Not only that, then you got to turn around and you're fighting the next day. <laughs> that sucks. Dude, I hated cut weight so bad. Like at some point, like when I had to cut actual, like actual weight, like real weight, I just remember thinking, like, if I could just feel good, like if my body would just feel good, I don't care who I would fight. Like I would fight a tank with a knife. Like I don't even care. Yeah. Like if I could just get over this feeling or like the pre-weigh-in when you're waiting backstage, you're going out, you're right. you know, I'm like, it's such a horrible feeling, man. I was just like, I don't even care about the fight, who it is. And I didn't exactly. even cut as much as you for sure, like half half or more of your career. Well, then, I mean, you do that, and then, you know, for, for me, when I went up to heavyweight and I was able to feel good through that whole thing, I'm like, you know, and, and you're always like, okay, these guys are big, this and that, and then when I actually went up there and tested heavyweight a little bit, I'm like, man, I'm just as strong, and I'm yeah. way faster. I'm, I'm like, fast, yeah. You know, why not, you know, why are you killing yourself, 
like killing yourself, but why are you doing this? It's going to take it's killing out yourself, man. I think it's killing yourself yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then when you're, you know, you've cutting out 20 pounds of water and yeah, you feel good once you're rehydrating all that, but your body's not the same. No. Day. Can't be. Yeah. So what do you have on the, the, the fighting front? I mean, do you have anything lined up yet? So we're going to defend the heavyweight title, uh, was original plan. Okay. Um, I think Tim Johnson, you know, he just been on three fight win streak, just beat uh, Congo because I was going to fight Congo. Um, but then, you know, they started getting all these two fighters. They got Anthony Johnson, Yoel Romero. Just about to ask uh, about that, yeah. Yeah. And so potentially maybe some talks about maybe a tournament, you know, a little Grand Prix at 205, which would be, you know, a crazy, crazy bracket. You know, you have, yeah, you know, Nam Coffield Davis, Corey Anderson. Anthony Johnson, Yuel Romero, me, Machida, or Gegard, you know. Um, so I don't see how how they could pass that one up to, you know, pass that one up at all. And so, I mean, we'd be open. Bellator's been extremely cool about letting us do different things. And we've basically done what they've asked as far as, hey, you keep the heavyweight title come down and be able to enter this tournament or whatnot. Right. So. We're kind of on the fence there, but it should be end of February, early March when coming back. So you're still you're still open to fighting uh, two hundred five and 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 heavyweight the same, right? It depends on the match and the and, and what it is. Yeah, if you know, just like when I went up to heavyweight, I did the Grand Prix. It was it was one of those things where when I came over to Bellator, you know, they asked if I would be open to doing different things like that, and then you know they asked, hey, is a Grand Prix for the heavyweight championship? You know, we are we we said we're in. We didn't know who was in there, you know, then the bracket started filling out and ended up being, you know, a super cool tournament. And, um, you know, that's what I came over for to do different stuff like that, you know, and not be just pigeonholed into a certain you know, weight class or, or this and that. And so I had a great time doing that. And so I'm always open to jump around, especially, you know, that's going to, that's going to be big. That tournament's huge. You know, that their 205 pound division now is, is stacked, yeah. you know? And so, if for some reason that wasn't a part of that, man, I'd be looking at that bracket the whole time wishing I was in it, you know? And so yeah. um, I'll throw my name in there for sure. I'm sure it's good and, and definitely for you and stuff, but it's like, I just, I hate seeing the, I mean, I'd love to, I mean, as a fan, I'd love to watch that bracket for sure. I just hate seeing such good fighters have to take losses because there's, you know, all but all but one's going to take a loss. And and it's oh, like you, you got all great fighters. So I, I think it would be almost better to have super fights lined up and, and, and matchups that just made sense versus getting yeah. all these guys losses except one. Um, and then I'll go in order like Musashi, for instance, coming at 205. How do you feel about a fight like that? Does that excite you at all? Yeah, for sure. You know, it, it's kind of going to the super fights, right? Um, I got to the point in my career now where, you know, I, I did win the light heavyweight championship and the heavyweight, you know, so I, I checked those off, you know, and, and kind of going back to what I was saying, like when I came over to Bellator, I was looking to do those different things, like those, those cool fights or super fights or Grand Prix or, you know, stuff like that. And so, and, and Bellator has been great, you know, with facilitating that. And so that's kind of where we're at. So that's why I am looking at, you know, okay. If it's cool, if we hold that heavyweight championship, jump over here and do this Grand Prix, you yeah. know, and, and if it's not, I'll fight heavyweight. That's fine. You know, if they if they want to, uh, you know, either strip that or whatever. So um, I would say right now it's Tim Johnson in February, March. Tim Johnson. But okay. just in case I can jump in that tournament, I will. 
or do both. Yeah. It seems like for you, like, I mean, of all those fights, I think it'd be a great matchup with anyone. I'd love to see you fight uh, Romero. I'd love to see you fight Musashi. But it seems like yeah. the, the, the storyline to make a big, nice super fight would be that rematch with, with Rumble now that he's coming over. Oh, yeah. and, and is that oh. something you would, you would have no problem taking and, and, and getting in there and, and scrapping with him again? Yeah, right after that fight, you know, um, I changed a lot of things, like mentally and everything. And, and it was one of those things where, you know, I was kicking myself. I'm like, you know, jump the gun. We didn't stick to the game plan at all. You know, come on now. And I've always wanted to get that back. And I feel like I've grown tremendously from that uh, mentally and physically as a fighter. And so that was, those are one of the fights where I definitely, you know, would love to get back, you know, um, you know, just for me, you know, in my, you know, in my mental space, you yeah. know, um, and I always love to see how far I've grown as a fighter too, you know, both physically and mentally. But yeah, I mean, that, that bracket would be insane, you know, yeah. and you have, there's no give me fight. There's no like, okay, first fights against this, this dude will be not too bad. I mean, every fight's going to be insane in that, in that bracket if they do it. All right, guys, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I'm definitely enjoying hosting it. It's a great one. Uh, but I got to thank our sponsors really fast. Our first being Manscaped, the official trimmer of the UFC, and now the official trimmer of the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast and yours truly. Precision engineered tools for your family jewels. And now you can save 20% by going to manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com, entering code QUICK, easy to remember, QUICK, uh, and you get 20% discount and free shipping. So if you're looking for the ultimate stocking stuffers for this holiday season, look no further because Manscaped has the tools to make you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. They're the best bar none by far. And now they have just released their products across Europe, Canada, and Australia. So if you're watching from Canada, Europe, or Australia, you can also go to manscaped.com and get products, 20% discount using code QUICK. Free shipping to your free, to your door, uh, right to your house, your office, wherever you get them. And again, using code QUICK lets them know that you're uh, coming from the podcast. They see these orders. They're so happy because they're like, wow, the podcast is killing it. Their code QUICK is just getting us so much business. So it supports the podcast, supports you getting the best product for you and your friends. It's a win-win for everyone. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by AK Thailand, the world's premier luxury training resort here in Phuket, Thailand. You can go to akthailand.com and save 30% by booking all group training packages for any amount of time. And you can there's no expiration date, so you can use them anytime in the future. So during the pandemic right now, you can prepay for any group training session at AK Thailand. You can even mix and match our packages, like our travel and convenience packages, uh, and still save 30% on the group training portion and use it anytime. Uh, again, no expiration date, 2021, 22, 23, whenever you want to come, save a third, 30%. Um, and you can do it right now at akthailand.com. And if you have any questions, you can email info at akthailand.com. And we can tell you how we can get you here right now on a special three-month visa. That's right. We can actually have you come in right now, go through a small quarantine, and be in Thailand, enjoy high season, train at AK Thailand, and have an amazing time. If you're not familiar with the gym, here's our commercial. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world.
can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. you guys I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool but you can't come to Thailand without coming to aka Thailand come on I got to ask you a couple questions just because you're just the the ultimate winner I mean like you're eight tough eight winner you're the Bellator heavyweight you were a heavyweight champion heavyweight champion now light heavyweight champion the Grand Prix champion simultaneous two-way champion like you're like the winningest guy ever um i was gonna ask you so for, for for you fighting at this high level and winning all these fights do you and i've asked this a few times in the past few po podcasts so excuse me for the followers that, that don't care about it can't imagine anybody not caring do you watch a lot of tape and study your opponents a lot like like extensively or do you just kind of go with the flow and and just prepare for everyone the same yeah not really um i i usually plan on it i'm like all right i'm gonna watch this guy's fight fights you know and then uh i'll watch like a one or two like before training camp and then i'll always be like all right i'm gonna get to watching all of his fights and i end up watching some like a week and a half before yeah and i don't know why um but that's just what i do my my coach my coaches watch a lot of it and i kind of lean on them and obviously i'll know if if i haven't seen him fight before you know i'll, I'll watch it get to see what their style is and all that kind of stuff. But for me, it's, I, I don't like to get into their mode, you know, and if I'm thinking too much about what they're doing, um, I'm better being on the offensive than trying to react. And I find myself, if I watch, and I've done it before, watch too much tape. I start to not put them on a pedestal, but kind of like, all right, I got to watch out for his right hand or whatever, right. or this combo. And I'm thinking that the whole time in the fight, when I need to be just thinking about what I got to do and be aware of that's, you know, that's what they like, or they're going to try this. But, um, and so I started just kind of when I want to watch a little bit. Perfect. You know, and, and you know, fighting, it's a huge mental game too. Right. And so if you sit there and watch this, your opponent knock everybody out and look great, you're like, man, this guy's pretty damn good, you know, <laughs> and you get in your own head. So I just kind of like to watch a little bit. And then just kind of uh, put it on the back burner, let the coaches dissect it, let us drill on what you want me to drill on, and might catch up, freshen up a little bit right before the fight, and that's it. Yeah. And then the other question I had to ask you is your training camp, like your fight camps right now, when you're getting ready for these huge fights that you have, what is your what is your just normal routine, like daily and weekly routine of, of, of how you train and get ready for these fights? Yeah, so Mondays and uh, Tuesdays are hard. You know, we'll do grappling. Uh, usually four o'clock in the afternoon, we have you know the uh, pro practice where we're you know we're either some sort of either sparring, hard grappling, cage grappling. You know, that's our tough tough practice. In the mornings, we'll do individual work, whether that's striking, uh, strength conditioning. You know, I go in this this pod that kind of shoots you up at you know, 21,000 feet and back down Oh wow! your body, you know, your body kind of adjusts to that, um, and makes more red blood cells and all this kind of stuff. And, um, that's been, I've been doing that for like five years, been doing, doing well with that. Um, and just getting everything in, you know, we'll run on Saturday mornings, Fridays, we spar, 
um, you know, get your strength conditioning in. And so I go two, three times a day, um, you know, in just different aspects. And Wednesday we usually take off and I get some kind of body work done, you know, and, and I usually bring people in. And so there'll be some, a lot of drilling also, you know, as you get older and, and you don't need to go a hundred and yeah. you know, 10% every single practice, 100%. right? You got to have your drilling in. And back in the day as a wrestler, our mentality was like, all right, you feeling tired, your body feeling sluggish, do four more rounds, you know, but now we've gotten smarter and be like, Hey, I need a drill practice, you know? And so we'll have a guy in from somewhere to emulate the person we're fighting. We'll, we'll drill, we'll drill, we'll drill, you know, and, Obviously, have your, um, you know, your cardio in there and all that. So um, it's kind of like your regular week that you see. You know, you've done a million times, and we've just adjusted it over, you know, how many years we've been doing it and what works for me, and it's been uh, doing well. Yeah, no, I, no, I know what you mean. And like for us in the early days of AKA, it was like I would like try to find some some writing on the wall on the wall. And then, like, if I could read it, I'd be going another round. <laughs> if I could, <laughs> if I couldn't read it, I'd be like, okay, that's enough for the day. And I'm surprised I even have a podcast right now. Like, <laughs> I stumbled that sentence. I'm surprised I have a podcast after after all those years. Um, right. Well, one thing that I wanted to ask you too, uh, since you've had so many big fights, uh, I think I know one of them for sure. But do, can you name at least one or a couple of your biggest victories and why? Looking back, I have three. At different stages in my career, three okay. big victories. The first one, you know, I come off the Ultimate Fighter. You know, I, I fight a couple of uh, tough guys, but you know, guys you've heard of, but they're not huge names, right? And then I got I got a call. It was like, hey, Keith Jardine, yeah. And this is after you beat, you know, Chuck Liddell and all yeah, that. Yeah. So Keith Jardine in Australia, you know. And I remember getting that call. I was like real nervous, you know. And then right before the fight, being nervous because yeah, it's a fight, but I haven't fought at that level yet. Right. I didn't know if these guys were head and shoulders above me. You know, I didn't, you know, I thought I was right there with them, but I didn't know. And so walking in there, you know, that was, that was the only fight I threw up before the, while well, I was warming up, <laughs> I just had nerves going. Yeah. And so, you know, I come out there and Keith Jardine's got that weird style and he throws two punches at me and I'm like, he's scared to look at it too. Like, I got this. I see everything. I end, yeah. up, end up knocking him out. And so that was kind of my first stepping stone. Okay, you know, like I can do this. I can compete with anybody. The next one was uh, Rampage. You know, oh, I yeah. was I was fighting. I had like I had a couple losses during that time too, John Jones, and and then uh, I got to fight Rampage in Japan. And you know, I you know I came up watching him, and that was kind of my you know like the first kind of legend fight you know end up beating him in Japan where he kind of made his name so that was extra special 10 a.m. in the morning got to enjoy that and but i think the ultimate is uh uh fedor you yeah, know that's i was going to say i had the like, heavyweight <laughs> championship be went through this grand prix tournament it's for the heavyweight championship not only that it's become a two division champion not only that it's doing it one of the greatest heavyweights of all time you know, then to go out there and we were practicing this punch in the back because he, he goes to his right. If we push him a certain way and I remember kind of going out and I'm like, all right, there's a line I cannot cross because he was twitching, and, you know, Fedor will explode. And so I'm like, I can't cross right there. So I ended up throwing this little like weird hook kind of punch and catch him right on the button. And when I watched him fall, I was like, holy shit, it's happening. You know, it, it happened exactly how we thought it would happen and yeah, go up and finish crazy. it 
And that was just extra special, you know, have uh, my wife and, and uh, you know, my my coaches in there, to, you know, family and friends were in the in the stands to kind of all enjoy it together. So that was, I mean, that was the, kind of the pinnacle, really, and it just a just a fun time. And then, you know, to do it over somebody like Fedor, yeah, just unbelievable. Right? Dude, that's incredible. And I know exactly what you're talking about in that first fight. Like I was, I had four wins in a row in the UFC when I first started. And they told me, yeah. they're like, all right, guy, you're going to get, or Dana told me, he's like, you're going to get the winner of Nick Diaz and Joe Riggs. And I'm like, I'm like oh, yes, shit. awesome. And then when I thought about it, I was like, fuck. I was like, holy you shit. Like, oh, both of them. Yeah, both of them were killing everybody. And, like, and that was when, yeah. like, uh, Riggs was smashing people from top, just those big, huge punches yeah. on the top. And I ended up getting uh, Joe Riggs. And, and it was crazy because they fought. Then they went to the hospital, and then and then they fought again at the hospital. Yeah, I remember that. And then Nick fought him, and so I should be fighting Nick from the hospital fight because he was the last one to win. I think I think he ended up <laughs> getting the win at the hospital, but the actual UFC fight it was Joe Riggs, and then I ended up fighting Joe Riggs, and it just worked out good in my favor. And and I was just yeah. for, for two days I was thinking to myself, did I win that fight? Like, did I really win that fight? Is, is this a dream or is this over? But I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about, dude, because I was scared as shit about that fight. He was, like, such a devastating fighter at that time. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, people don't realize, you know, they're like, oh, these fighters just go out and fight and no emotion, whatever. Oh, but hell no. I mean, there's, it's 90% mental going in. You just got to control those nerves, control, you know, those weird thoughts you start getting. And I, we've both known a lot of fighters that have, I mean, they're studs in the gym, but they show up and they're 25% of themselves yep. in the actual fight. It's mental. They can't control those emotions. Yep. 100%. 100%. And, and, and uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and, and it, it's crazy, man. It, it's, a mental, it's a mental game, even though it looks so physical. And, yeah, uh, yeah I agree with you 100%. Uh, as far as your celebrity, since you're such a huge celebrity right now with all these big championships, what has been your big celebrity moment where uh, – at least one moment. I know you probably had a lot of them, but one moment where you just like, if you weren't Ryan Bader and you weren't the champ and you didn't have this big, huge UFC career, this moment wouldn't have happened. And you were just like, wow. Like, I, I like asking some of these guys this question because of some cool stories. Yeah, I don't know if there's one story in particular, you know, and, and yeah, it's, it's uh, on the Ultimate Fighter, like, we come from a wrestling background, right? And you get like a, a hug from your, your mom. You know, handshake from your dad if you win the biggest tournament ever. Yeah. You know, there's no, like, fan hoopla. And so uh, after the Ultimate Fighter, I had a buddy on prior, the year prior, and we were going to our first UFC fight. And we're like, he's like, hey, just be prepared. People are going to come, you know, they watch a show and they're yeah. going to be all over you. I'm like, yeah, right, whatever. Yeah. And we walk into that <laughs> UFC fight, you know, and, I mean, this was 2008 or nine. You, you know, it's huge then, it's huge now, but still, and all of a sudden we get surrounded by like 100, 200 people wow. and people are like grabbing your shirt and like, yeah. Hey, can I get an autograph? And I was almost freaking out, like getting claustrophobic, weird, you know, this and that. But, um, just as far as like from then on, it's just, it's sometimes you get recognition from like other celebrities. And I mean, I'm not a celebrity, but you get like big names you know, whether actors or athletes and stuff, and, and they know, they're like, hey, you know, good fighter, yeah, you know, watch yeah. you do this. You're like, holy shit, you know, and, and you do realize it's not just a little niche sport, you know, it, it's it, it's huge. And, and 
the different people, you know, you'll have grandmothers come up that, you know, watch the sport too, you know? So, I mean, definitely, as you know, there's little perks here and there, you know? Um, uh, but there's nothing crazy. And I just kind of live my life as I'm sure you do is just, you know, you're a normal ass dude. Yeah, no, I know. I like seeing that now, man. Like, that's why I love having the podcast because I got these guys coming in now and it's a different era. You know, like you're still there yeah. and you're still at the top. So you're good for you. I've been out for so long. It's like I've lost all of that fun of, of fighting, competing, winning the, the, the moments of getting that big fight. Like I said, the moments of getting this or the video game, you know, yeah. like different things, you know. And so it's cool having the guys on the show where I can kind of live vicariously through them. Like I had Cater on the show a few a few months ago, and now I got the fight with Max Holloway. He's fighting for the the number one contender, and so it's like yeah. to to see these guys grow and see their excitement and see them get the big fights and and talk to legends like yourself. It's so cool for me to like get back into it for for an hour yeah. and enjoy like my career again. Like like as far as like not my career, but just the career in general of like these great oh, yeah. moments. And so it's like it's cool, man. It's really cool. Did you know those different emotions? Like you were saying, you know, you sign a fight and then uh, in, you're excited, you're nervous and this and that. And then I think the, the biggest thing is, you know, when you win, and you, you know, you go to a fight, you train your ass off and you win. It's like the, this relief just like, yeah. and you can really just kind of be in the moment, you know. And I look back and I look back on great memories. I look back on 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 fights, you know, and it was it was always something where and is not right now because of COVID, but when people, when a family and friends could get together, you know, and we all had a good time, you know, we had a good time after, or, you know, we all went to, I mean, going back to the Australia fight with Keith Jardine, you know, we took a trip down there and we stayed four or five days after, you know, so um, I'm glad to do this because get to make memories and be a part of, you know, bringing family along and friends yeah. and, and uh, an excuse for everybody to get together. And so, I, I look back on a lot of this and it's like, yeah, the fighting was cool, but everything we got to do with, you know, loved ones was awesome. Yeah. And uh, what did you think about the Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. fight? And and then after that, what did you what do you think about like now this new boom of YouTube fighters and celebrity like clout uh, personalities coming yeah. into like not our sport, of course, but into yeah. boxing where they limit the, the, the you know, the, they increase the puncher's chance and limit all the other stuff. Uh, but what do you exactly. think about, what do you think about the, 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 obviously the fight with those two guys being in their fifties and then uh, the, the YouTubers now coming in trying to get these huge fights. And I think Logan's got Mayweather now and like, and, and now Jake's trying to get a big fight. Like they're getting these 20 or $50 yeah. million dollar fights from, from these damn, uh, you know, boxers yeah i watch i watch the tyson highlights and and i'm all for it man if if, if those guys want to get in there and compete because you know I, i'll know i'll be there as far as like man i gotta go compete in you know a bga tournament or something because i've always competed my whole life and right. those guys have also and if they want to do it awesome and i thought you know tyson looked pretty damn good yeah he did you know and then um yeah <laughs> going to the boxing side of it <laughs> you know i get it because it's it's uh it's almost like that's the new phase now. Even in MMA, UFC, Bellator, you have the guys that talk a lot and bring that entertainment, you know, I guess you'd say to the sport. And that's where it's going. You know, so you're going to see these guys that are extremely popular on YouTube and have a ton of, you know, social media followers and uh, and all that. Um, what's crazier for me is Mayweather. Yeah. Accepting it like that. Against a guy who he, got beat by a video gamer. 
Yeah, and it just, I just don't get that aspect of it, and I don't get why like it's not doing anything for his legacy. Yeah. Yeah. It's doing something for his bank account and maybe that's what he needs. But yeah, you know, crazy. for, for me to, if you look back and you're like, all right, think about me with this fight fights and he's fought and beat who's who's boxing in his weight class. But then a lot of people just think about his, when he fought, you know, Jake or Logan Paul or whatever, the YouTube kid that got beat by, you know, a basketball player or you're a video game guy, yeah. you know? And so, but that's where you've seen a lot of this going. And then the, what is it? The one Jake is the one that's trying to fight Mayweather or uh, McGregor right now. Yeah, yeah, he's the one. He's the one that knocked out the the, the basketball player <laughs> with yeah. no with no boxing experience, and now he wants to fight but McGregor. They, they sell pay per views now, and so the promoters are like, "Well, let's do it." You know, crazy, and you're going to get if he fights uh, McGregor, it's going to be huge. So, I mean, I'm not, I don't like it. But I get it, I guess. I don't have nothing against the celebrities fighting celebrities. Um, but I think it's cowardice. And, and I'm a fan of Logan. I mean, I like Logan's po podcast. I don't know much about Jake. Yeah. So I, I like his podcast. I'm not, I got nothing against these guys for being who they are. It's tough work becoming yeah. famous and, like, and doing what they do. Um, so I, yeah. and, and I got respect for them for fighting and boxing and putting it on the line. I just think it's cowardice to train like Jake's doing full-time in boxing and then calling out video gamers and, and basketball players and beating them up. Yeah. And then now he's obviously calling out the big names. I get it. But what he's done, he didn't he doesn't realize this, but I think a lot of other celebrities realize this from that fight. He enjoys laughing at the fact that he laid out Nate Robinson and put in flatlined yeah. him. Now he enjoys laughing at that. But what he doesn't realize is he's gonna get there one day. He's gonna be that guy that's gonna get flatlined. Yeah. And let me tell you something, like what you were saying about how we're scared sometimes when we walk out, that's fucking why. Yeah. And it's and in our sport, the reason it's why is because getting flatlined ain't even that big of a deal. It looks bad, but you don't yeah. feel it. But when you're getting smashed up for three rounds and your orbital bone's broken, your nose is broken, your hands yeah. broke, your teeth are loose, like it's it that's the real deal. You know what I'm saying? When you get knocked down and get stood back up and be beat up again, yeah. you can't do that again. again. That's a different game right there. That's the real alpha. And it's like I think a lot of celebrities took note from that Nate Robinson fight. Like, okay, this might not be this fun thing that like we thought it was because we don't want to end up like him. But Jake obviously didn't take note because he's the one that did it. But he's gonna be there one day. He's gonna be there. He's gonna be that guy. And I'm gonna tell you, it's not gonna be as fun as he thinks when those memes come out and people are making fun of him and that video is going over and over again. So like I have no problem with them fighting each other, you know, equal fights and celebrities. I enjoy yeah. watching all that. But the, I just don't like the disrespect before the or for against the MMA fighters and then dragging them into a sport that's not MMA. Sure and taking away all their arsenal so that you have a higher percentage, though what I think it's a lower percentage, but it's a higher percentage of getting that puncher's chance where you might just happen to land a punch and look good for a second, if not win the fight against a, a, a legit fighter because you took away a thousand of his, of his techniques and, and gave him yeah. like just punching only. You know, I think that's cowardice a little bit. And, and I think even yeah. so, he's probably going to get laid out and, and get Nate Robinson and then realize that, that he's going stick, to stick to video gamers and, and basketball players yeah, after exactly. that. And, and you're right, too. I mean, because he, he has been training, I think, full time. And he's he full time. Can, he can punch. You and know? hats and off so, to him for fighting, for sure. It just takes one dang punch. And, you know, and for the MMA guys coming over, um, you know, they see the value in that. And they see, okay. You know, I'm going to get paid what for this? I, I'll risk it. Let's yeah, go. I get know? it. I mean, I get uh, it. But you're not, seeing, you're not seeing guys coming to MMA. It's no. A, you know, it's a different animal, you know? Yeah.
Yeah, I know. And, and, I, yeah, and they're not going to fight MMA. Jay, Jay's going to say he's the alpha. He's going to say he's a badass. He's going to do all this, but he will not get in the MMA ring against any of them. Maybe Dylan Dennis. I don't count Dylan Dennis, but but everyone else, <laughs> I, think, I think he'll still be Dylan Dennis in MMA. But well, well, no, not with grappling, but um, in boxing. But like, yeah, I, I definitely don't think he's gonna fight anybody in MMA. But unfortunately for him, these MMA fighters, you know, they may not be boxers, but they've punched quite a bit in their life, no matter who they are. Right. You know, and and it's not gonna be the same as fighting a, an NBA boxer or whatever. Um, but anyway, getting past yeah, all that, now just I want to see it. Yeah, just one last thing real fast. I wanted to ask you, um, since, since, not that you're getting old, you're obviously in, in your prime and you're winning big fights, yeah, yeah. but you have to start thinking about your post-fight kind of career. What do you have yeah. going on and, and what would you like to be doing in, say, five to ten years from now that you'd be passionate about aside from fighting? Like, like what, what, what is your, your future ambitions? Yeah, I've always been into just different stuff. I'm not a, one of those guys that like live and breathe MMA. Like, yeah. I'll, catch, I'll catch some fights you know, here and there. Um, you know, but you know, I've got three kids, we've got a family and I, I was like that. I, I knew everybody's name. I knew every fight. Uh, but I, I kind of got away from that and, and, uh, you know, but I've had a different business we sold. I'm, we're starting, uh, um, you know, one of those, you know, three minute car wash drive through oh, cool. things. I have, I have some land, nice. um, just getting into different stuff like that, you know, and I do a lot of different investing stuff, part of a tequila company that's starting off that's Good. doing really well. Um, so I'm always trying to, I, I want to get to the point where it doesn't matter if I'm, you know, fighting or not. Right. Yes, it's, you know, great margins in fighting. You go out and you know you have foreign injuries. You have this coming in, this coming in, you know, and you can always kind of re-up, you know. Um, but I want to get to the point where, hey, I'm not enjoying it anymore. I'm going to be done, you know. And and uh, and for me, I, I'm 37. But I feel better now than I've really ever felt. You know, I can, I, my cardio is way better than it used to be. I'm smarter about training. Um, you know, I don't go in there, you know, I rarely spar. I'll spar light, move around. Um, I'll spar in my training camp just because you need to. Um, but other, other than that, you know, I kind of limit that. So I'm just being smart. Yeah. And the day I'm like, for me, walking into the cage, if I've known, if I know I've done everything to prepare myself, and I I usually do, barring an injury or something like that, I'm good, and I'm good with whatever result I get from that. But the day that I'm walking in, I'm second guessing myself. Yeah. Uh, maybe I didn't do everything I need to. This yeah. is not the sport to do that. And right. that's the day where I'm gonna have, have to be like, all right, I mean, I either gotta hang them up or go to the the damn senior league, you know, yeah. and, and fight the older dudes or something like that. But yeah. I'm still enjoying it. And, um, you know, got to the point now where financially it's, it's real good too. And yeah. so, um, there's that motivation. And so to answer your question, yeah, I've, I've, I've been in, and am constantly cool. getting into things where I don't have to start over once I'm done. I love it, man. I love seeing that because it's so important. A lot of fighters don't get it, man. They just they spend all their money, and then they get yeah. to a point when the fighting's over because you can't fight forever, you know. And you can get yeah. injured at any time as well, and then and then you know you're in trouble. So I, I love hearing that, that you got stuff going on. Um, if you ever do get a chance and want to take a break and come over to Phuket, I have a little I gym over you. here. Not that you got to. I want you to train a lot because it's going to be a vacation, but you can definitely get some mm -hmm. training in uh, with my Thai trainers and 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 some of my trainers here. But I will show you a great time, you and the family, whoever you bring, yeah. and and show you the islands and and show you a, an 
just an amazing island. Uh, it's, it's, I want to get out there for sure. I'll talk the wife into getting out there, and then uh, I'll definitely get with you and come over, train a little bit, and have some fun. Well, hit me up anytime, brother, and I'll take care of you. And uh, man, listen, thanks a lot for giving me your time. You know, I know, I know you. Uh, you're a busy guy, and, and you gave me a lot of your time, a lot of insight, a lot of uh, you know important uh, knowledge, and I appreciate that. And I'm sure the followers are going to appreciate that as well. So thank you so much, sir. Look forward to your next fight, and uh, look forward to talking to you again on the podcast. Hopefully you come back on. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Good to catch up. All right, Ryan Bader, amazing person. He's a great fighter, great human being. I haven't had this much time to talk to him in so long. Actually, I've never talked to him this much. Um, we've only talked in small talk and chit chat through passing because we fought our career simultaneously, but, um, he's still winning and still doing good. Um, even though I'm a little bit older, so I'm out, I'm retired. Um, we won't get into details of how much older I am, but I mean, he's a winner. This guy is a, a legit winner. He has won everything. He's beat so many big fighters, um, won so many championships, so many competitions, so many wrestling matches. He's just a pure winner. Um, and just a great guy. And it was so nice to have him come on and share so much of that experience, uh, experience knowledge with us. And uh, yeah, it's been great to finally get him on. I wanted him on for a long time, and, and we finally worked it out and scheduled it and, and got him on um, what I thought was going to be a few days before his submission match uh, against Derek Lewis, but that obviously isn't happening. Uh, breaking news to you guys, if you heard it here. Uh, I guess they, they're not going to officially cancel it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that match is not happening, which I did want to see it. But at least he's fighting again. Uh, we got Romero coming in. We got Rumble coming in. We got Musashi, uh, you know, looking at the 205 division now. So there's a lot of great fights. And if they have a Grand Prix, I'm a huge fan of watching those. I hate seeing all those guys take losses um, because it can only be one winner. Um, and I think there's a lot of super fights to be made from that, uh, including Bader and those super fights, especially with the Rumble Johnson as a rematch. Um, but either way, I'm a fan. I mean, you can't not want to watch a, a Grand Prix with, with that level of competition. Um, but anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, we post the podcast nine hours ahead of time on YouTube before the audio platforms. Um, that way we incentivize you guys because we can read the comments on YouTube and we want to hear your feedback. We want to hear who you want. We want to hear what you like. Uh, from the podcast. We want to uh, hear your critiques on the podcast, what we can do better. Um, and so we're incentivizing you guys by giving you the podcast nine hours early. Then we're going on the audio platforms, uh, all the audio platforms, all the podcast platforms. Um, we posted Calvin Cater. We did his podcast and posted the very next day. Um, immediately following that, the same day we posted Cater, I did uh, uh, Marvin Vittori. And then we posted that the very next day, which was now like two hours ago as I'm doing Ryan Bader. We're posting Ryan Bader most likely tomorrow, um, if not the next day, I think tomorrow. Um, and then I got another huge podcast that, that I'm doing on Wednesday that we're going to post probably Thursday or Friday. We might wait till Friday on that one. It's a big one. It's a cool one. It's very intriguing to the old school guys that uh, – it's a good one. I, I hate to jinx it, but it's a good one. Um, and then we got a lot of others lined up before the end of December. So d we don't have any schedule, guys. We post these as we do them. So as you're going to see, we're going to have four posted right in a row, day after day, and then maybe a couple-day break, and then we have another one posted. But we are, we are knocking out the content. There's no podcast, no MMA podcast doing interviews with fighters of this level putting out this much content. And that's because you guys are enjoying it. I love doing them, um, and we're to a point now where it's easier to get these guests on, that they're wanting to be on, 
um, they're saying yes, and they're and they're they're wanting to be a part of it and share their knowledge and and be on the on the show and and uh, share their lives with you guys. And I think we have a good connection, and and it's fun being a fighter or had. I was a fighter, you know, back in the day. Uh, so, you know, we can we can talk about a lot of things that, that I think the journalists can't really touch on uh, or at least have experience with. So anyway, it was fun. It was great talking to him. Hope you enjoyed it. Leave a comment on YouTube. Let us know what you think. Again, the reason why we put it on nine hours ahead of time. Uh, subscribe. Please subscribe to our channels. We have a clip site. And we have the official channel. So we have the clip site with all the best clips. And then we have the official podcast channel. You can find them both on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to both. Click the bell for notifications. Uh, thank you all for the support. We appreciate it so much. We have grown so fast. And it has been so fun. I love doing these. These are my passion. As I told Bader, I love talking to these guys. Um, I'm living vicariously through them. Um, you know, I know all the experiences that they have, not like Bader, because I haven't won as much as he has and beat the guys that he's beaten and have 10 championship belts at my house. But uh, I know the experience of getting the big fights and, and the wins and the losses and the ups and the downs. So it's like I'm living vicariously through all these guests, and it's so exciting to see them uh, share that with, with all of us. And, uh, and, and I can relate more than anyone just because I've been there. So I'm enjoying it, and I, and I hope you're enjoying it as well. And thank you for the support, and we'll see you next time.